You're listening to Insert Quest here. My name is Ray, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, today, we're interviewing uh, Ray White, a poet, zinester, and now game designer, uh, <laughs> who I have made a game with, Archetype. Um, Ray, do you mind introducing yourself for our listeners that might not be familiar with your work? Uh, sure. Um, my name is Ray, uh, <laughs> and my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I am a non-binary trans uh, poet, predominantly. Um, I've also written some uh, fiction and create a lot of zines. Uh, I have a poetry collection out through University of Queensland Press called Milk Teeth. Uh, which has won some things, been shortlisted for some things. Uh, I also have a short story most recently um, called The Body Remembers, uh, which came second in the Rachel Fenari Prize for Fiction. Oh, and I'm also the editor of NB Life, uh, which is a journal for non-binary and gender-diverse creatives. You have a lot of projects on the go, by the sounds of <laughs> Uh, All day, every day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. Like, constantly working. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I think we had you on our Patreon for an episode once from memory. And we Ooh, did do an actual... Now. We did an actual play together. Oh, yes, that was right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We played Oracle in single... Well, two-player mode, technically. Um mm. So we normally start with a question about uh, how you got into game design, but the answer to that question is going to be my partner asked me to. So instead, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a different question, and that is why did you say yes to making uh, a game? To and what about that prospect excited? Uh, I it's. I was thinking about this last night, actually, because um, I performed uh, as part of like a circus poetry collaboration called Circuitry, uh, which was with Volcana Circus here in Brisbane. And to be honest, I think it's one of those things where it's like a dare, where I go, oh, yeah, I'll have a crack at that. That's something interesting. That's something new. That's something that I've never tried before. And I have a lot of uh, kind of YOLO where I'm like, look, I need, I need to try everything in life that could in any way tangentially be excellent alongside my main love poetry. Um, you know, how, how would this look, uh, you know, as, you know, how would a game look uh, if it was also poetry? Uh, so I think I said yes, because uh, yeah, I really enjoy trying new things and also messing with art forms um i've got to say like one of my favorite things is being a bit more experimental and doing things that people maybe people have done before um but often that people haven't done before um it's i think i was saying to a friend last night that my attitude to this kind of stuff is oh yeah i'll have a crack at that <laughs> yeah so you're talking about they're trying not necessarily trying mm. things that have never been done before because, like, mm. the breadth of human experience is so vast as to how to double-check that fact. But Exactly. Not do, doing, trying things that are um, perhaps not established. Mm. Yeah, and I think, like, that's one of the interesting things about, like, I know that, you know, there have been 
poetry games out there and you know there are but it's like well what would ours look like um you know what would a collaboration with another artist from an entirely different discipline to poetry and like that kind of writing you know what would that i can what would that look like I can't, I can't think of the names of these, but I can think of, of like of any of these, but I can think of oh. the fact that there definitely are poetry educational games, which are really mm. like workshopping tools. Um, and those are like things where people don't necessarily think of them as games, but they're essentially like games, really. Lots of, mm. lots of workshop tools in art spaces are effectively games. Yeah, I was at a workshop yesterday uh, and there was, I'm like quickly looking it up in my notebook from the workshop yesterday, but it was a, um, a basically like a poetry game where you write one line on a piece of paper and then fold that line down, you write another one and then you pass it on um, and you end up collaborating like and making this, this whole new piece of work. Um, and I like those kind of things because they are... Um, something that kind of gets your, your brain uh, working and, you know, gets the, gets the creative juices flowing, which sounds gross. Um, but <laughs> hopefully that's, I don't know, maybe that's something that um, will come out of this game is that people will uh, write poetry uh, about rooms and houses and then, you know, that might inspire them to write something else entirely um, that's yeah, based we, on that. That'd be kind of cool. We didn't really set out to make a game that was an educational tool. Like it was primarily a game first, whereas a lot of the other things that I can think of in this space are either, they're either comedic devices or educational tools Mm. primarily. And then they are games that stand on their own second, whereas ours was a game. And I definitely think that there's probably humor in it, but it was not, we did not set out to make it <laughs> funny and, we, and it will teach you how to write. You will learn how to write poetry, but it does not teach you anything about poetry at all. It just is like, it doesn't hold your hand through and explain like poetic themes and like how you could apply a different poetic um, structure or mm. device. Um, how much of how much did you try and uh, direct into the design your knowledge of poetry? And did you feel like you want, is there, is there anything that you wanted the game to do in imparting your knowledge of poetry that you feel like it didn't? Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Like I think we, cause we have a list of prompts, um, which uh, is kind of like almost like um fridge magnet poetry um allows if you're familiar yeah 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 where where it you know gives people that kind of um you know those those little sparks of ideas um i think i do enjoy messing with things in a way that uh like fucks with line breaks and punctuation and space and white space but that's not necessarily something that's not in the game it's more it will depend entirely on the person playing it uh, as to where they put those things, if they use those things at all, if they take a prompt and maybe cut it in half in order to splice it with another prompt. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'd like to see 
or that I would do if I was playing this, but it's not necessarily that um, it's not something we achieved. It's more like it's going to be dependent on the, on the player, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you mentioned the prompts there, and I realised that we haven't really explained what the game, the game. is mechanically. <laughs> um, do you mind talking about what Archetype is? Um, that's the name of the game. I feel like we already established that earlier on. But um, I've, des- I've described what Archetype is a whole bunch, um, and I... <laughs> I wrote a lot of the, I didn't really write the mechanics that was very collaborative, but I, and I was responsible for turning them into concise rules of play. Um, Mm. So I'm interested to hear how you would describe the game. Uh, if you don't mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think I describe it as uh, sort of like an urban exploration where, I mean, for me, it's about going through uh, a house and, you know, obviously you can kind of like delve into your own setting as much as you want. Uh, so in my head, it is about uh, going through like an abandoned house uh, with some friends, you know, because we're drunk and we climb the fence, you know. Uh, and it's about uh, looking at those rooms and describing them with poetry, which is something that I would probably do anyway if I were to be in that situation. Like I'd be, I'd be taking notes in my head uh, as to, you know, how do I want to describe this later in a poem? And we give uh, the players room cards uh, which are kind of like little squares, rectangles, uh, with a starting line, uh, and then also they get to pick their prompts, but then they can add anything else they kind of want to that. I think the only key is that they have to use all of their their prompt cards, which I find kind of interesting, and I like that restriction because that would that would uh, upset my sensibilities because I don't I don't like a lot of restrictions when I'm writing. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of interesting. And I mean, to be honest with you, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to pick like, I don't know, 10 prompts and see how I go at, you know, mushing it together because I think I would find that incredibly difficult. I know that um, one so of the reasons. That's, that's a weird description of the game anyway. Yeah. I know I put that rule in about um, you have to use all the prompts to stop mm. someone from just picking the entire pile. Like that's the main oh, yeah. design is so that you just don't, because. Otherwise they're just going to sift you, through you it. You might think, well, yeah, one, you might sift through it. Two, you might think that having more prompts to draw from would be more useful. But I often find that when you're doing a, if you've never written poetry before, mm. um, then you will be paralyzed by choice. It will be more difficult with more options. Um mm-hmm. You probably you might not get a great poem out of having less options, although I think mm. you'll still get a poem. But you will, uh, you will, if you have like the whole sheet of prompts, there's like, there's got to be like over a hundred of those. Um, there's so many, and like, yeah, I think that's kind of exactly it. Like you'll be, you'll be kind of panicked by the choice, and yeah, as you said, like especially if someone's, this is like maybe their like beginning, uh, you know, they're just, you know, starting out on poetry or they've, they've never, they've never um, written poetry before. They might not have even played a game before. Like you don't want, you don't give too many people too many options. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, a food menu. Like as soon as there's 
you know, like especially vegan restaurants, as soon as there's like 500 vegan options at a restaurant, I just panic. I'm like, I don't know. All of yeah, them? Normally, uh, <gasps> if you're at a restaurant and you're a vegan or vegetarian, you have yeah. like two or three choices. I went That's to exactly a, it. So- yeah, I went to a hot dog place yesterday and there was <laughs> one item on the menu I could eat. Nice. And see that that helps me. Like that's you know, we're done here. There's like a but there's like a vegan restaurant here in Brisbane that's got like something like forty things on the menu and I can't cope. I basically just do like a close my eyes and pick one, which is exactly what we're wanting people that, to do with the prompts. I did that at a game recently. Ah. Uh, I was playing my game Live Love Die Remember at a convention and everyone was like trying to choose their prompts off the list for like what scenes they would do. Um, and some people were trying to roll dice uh, to do it. It's a uh, table of 30, so there's not a, a, a good way to roll dice to determine that. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, there ain't no D30 for that. Yeah. Uh, and so we... Lots of people were rolling dice. Some people were, like, choosing, um, just reading over the list and picking, like, a short list or whatever. Uh, mm. The way I did it is I closed my eyes and sort of jostled my head around a little bit and then ah. opened my eyes and whatever the first one I was looking at was the one I went mm. I think that's a good idea for, like, um, I don't know, I, I can imagine people kind of doing that with these props and just sort of, you know, picking well that's what they're gonna have to do anyway is like pick a random x number um at random because yeah otherwise otherwise you're gonna pick your favorite ones and you know you'll probably end up being disappointed because you can't work them into the poem that you want maybe or yeah i know i I find i find that kind of randomness challenging um in in a good and bad way um i wanted to talk a little bit about what process was like for you, for you at least because i know mm. what it was like for me um what the process yeah. was like for determining what the game would be about because when we started oh, yeah. the only sort of thing we had was we should write a game that's about the initial premise that we came up with and i can't remember which of us it was was a game about making a house out of poetry and that was yeah. what that was it. That was the core idea because we both we both are interested in poetry because you write poetry and I love you and I and I am interested in work. Um, and we also both like tiny houses. Um, and yeah. we spent like a whole week watching tiny house videos. <laughs> and it's like we should make a game about making a house out of poetry or out of words. Um, and I like how, how drunk that sounds. Like you can just imagine, I can imagine my, even though I think it was you that said that I can imagine myself doing that one day and being like, Oh my God, a house of poems. Let's do it. You know, yeah. I, imagine <laughs> I, pray. I can imagine I was inspired by having only heard the title of a house of leaves. I have no intention to ever read that book. Oh, right. <laughs> Wild. I've seen the yeah. inside of it before. Um, and I'm mesmerized by the way it is laid out, but uh, I have no intention of reading it. And it's sort of a that thing. It's a house of poetry. If I heard, yeah, I was going to say, if I heard that just like based on that title, I would, I'd be like, ooh, a house overrun by plants. And that's like, that's usually always my first thought is plants. Yeah. Um, anyway, my God, what was the initial question? Oh, the initial uh, question was <laughs> how, did, how did we refine... Uh, oh. theme and how did how did you how did you help 
uh, in finding that uh, what the game would be and what theme we were going to explore? Um, I mean, I think it happened like it probably would have happened in person and then also um, like over Messenger because we live in different states. Uh, but I think it happened fairly, I'm not saying organically, but at no point was I like resistant or anxious about any of the concepts going on. And that's, you know, um, you know, that's a silly idea or that's not workable or whatever the case may be. Um, I think even if anything was not potentially workable, you know, we sort of work through that pretty easily. Um, yeah, it was, never, it was never a process of, yeah. of isn't feasible. Mm. It was always a process of do we like this idea? Mm. And I also, uh, oh, my God, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Um, oh, yeah, in terms of the every time like my brain would sort of go, oh, this is, this is the limitation that, of poetry. Like this is, this is it. You can't go any further. I'd go, well, hang on. Maybe I can push this further. Maybe we are able to do something more different or more interesting. Um, like one of the things with the prompts was they all had capitals to start with, like um, uh, like title case. And I was like, well, no, I think, you know, we should have them in lowercase to give people more options. Um, but that's something that I maybe necessarily wouldn't have thought of if I was sort of like stuck in a certain um, brain rut where I wasn't um, being maybe as, as open minded as I could be. Um, so yeah, I think it was something that, I don't know, I think it went very well in a very, uh, I don't want to say organic again, but a very organic fashion. I mean, how did you find it? Um, for me, it was a lot of, um, it was a different kind of collaboration for me because previously when I have collaborated on projects, I've had a lot of, um, I felt like I have been primarily in control. Um, and it's not that I seek out that it's just that I have often had, I've often done collaborations where the other person is like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, yeah, let's um, whereas this time, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, um, the investment was equal or more equal. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it was 50-50. Um, and so there was a lot of, I need to just, it, I settled into an interesting role. And this has been true a lot when I am about, this is also true of our relationship, is that I often feel like I mm. settle into, have settled into a role where, that I have not traditionally inhabited, which mm. is where I am the tempered uh half of the partnership like oh, really? i don't normally plan shit but when we were getting ready for this upcoming <laughs> festival where we're launching our archetype i was like making a list of all the things we wanted to go to and putting them into order and making notes of their times whereas like normally i wouldn't do that i just look yeah. at the program and be like Oh yeah. Um, or other times right. when, and that is motivated by wanting to make sure that it is a good experience for you. Like I wouldn't do that planning for myself, but I will do that level of planning Aww. when you're involved because when, when someone else's fun is on the line, I'm like, Oh, I need to make sure that they enjoy oh, this. That's um, really interesting. Yeah. And I guess it also like, I assume that the reason that you were doing that was because we're, we're appearing at the festival. Like we're, you know, doing, God, I like mean, to four, a degree, three or four panels each. Yeah, so I've got three events, and you've got four. I think maybe three. Anyway, ah, oh, four. I was like, I don't know what. <laughs> more than two. More than more than two. Less than uh, six. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, I think 
um, I definitely think like in this instance, yeah, you were a lot more prepared because like I, uh, I think I was, I was prepared in bursts for, for launching this. I think mm. there was points where I was like, yes, I'm going to spend an hour writing prompts or yes, I'm going to design this thing. And then I'd be like, well, we're done here. Well, so, uh, <laughs> um, something else that I think is worth talking about, because mm. again, this is your first game that you made. Um, one, and I have follow-up questions, but one, how did you uh-huh. find it? Did you enjoy it? And like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could do it with anyone else, but like if anyone else is listening, yeah, why not? Um, but uh, yeah, I found it in terms of collaborations, like I always have that kind of fear that it's going to be like um, a school project you know, where you're doing group projects and it's one person doing all the work and everyone else is just, you know, sitting there like smoking cigarettes and being useless. Um, and it's, so I often have that fear, but I didn't at all with this. Like I knew we were going to get it done. Um, I knew that we wouldn't at any point be like fighting or anything um, because yeah, I think it just, um, yeah, we just work well together. Whether or not that would be the case with anyone else, I don't know. Um, that being said, though, the the uh, like circuitry performance that I just did, like no one screamed at each other or anything like that. No one, you know, like gave up and didn't pull their weight, that kind of stuff. So maybe it's, you know, maybe it's because we're all adults now and I'm no longer in school, um, which was many years ago, by the way, like so many years. So you so still... Still have trauma. <laughs> yeah. Talking about like how those uh, tasks ended up being divided, like you ended up writing a lot of yeah. the, <clears throat> I guess, prose, for lack of a better word, of yes. the game. You wrote a lot of the, you wrote most of the prompt cards. You wrote the poetry mm. for the rooms. You came up with a lot of what rooms would be in the house to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but then see, like you do the thing that I would find difficult, which is the rules text, which I wouldn't even be able to, I wouldn't even know where to start. So I think that went through three root prime primary revisions. Um, mm. The last revision being after we got to a week and a half out of launch and I was uh. like, Oh, hang on a minute. Um, this game only has mechanics text and no flavor text at all and nothing conveying what the tone or the themes of the game are, just like the, the, the how to play and not the why to play. And so a lot of the last rewrite was communicating the tone of the game through the mechanics and then also adding mm. in some prose. At the, um, Which but I the find other- really interesting because I hadn't even thought about that, like, I had fucking forgotten. Well, see, I just assumed people didn't need motivation to play because I love poetry so much. But then I was like, oh, yeah, not everyone else is going to think up a weird story in their head like I would in order to play That's not that, like, left field for board games either. I often find board games don't give you a thematic reason to play. Or if there is, it's, like, just very loose. Um, but it's the yeah. thing that I hate most in a board. Oh, see, I don't, I apparently just don't care, but I also am notorious for someone having to summarize the rules for me because I can't be bothered reading them because I'm incredibly lazy. Like I'm one of those people that puts together Ikea furniture mostly without reading the instructions. So like <laughs> to me, like anything that's like the thematic stuff or the motivation, I'm like, whatever, I'll make it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, cause the th- I know that for me, <laughs> the thing that often frustrates me in board games but it also happens in role-playing games is when Mm. you when 
there's a narrative dressing given to the game. And uh. if, if I can't follow the narrative dressing and do well at the game, then the narrative dressing is superfluous. This is often yeah. true of worker placement board games in particular. Mm, like mm-hmm. Agricola is the most egregious one where it's like, oh, I've got to try and make a farm. Cool. But there's like optimal moves to make and like, but those are not intuitive um, to play. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a sidetrack from what I was going to ask, which was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. This is the... That's kind of aside from what I was going to ask because, like, you were talking about mm. how you didn't even think of that. Um, mm. We ended up, you ended up writing prose, and I ended up writing m- the majority of the mechanical text, and then I took a lot of the prose that you'd written and also the rough ideas mm. that we'd written in our design document to then flesh out the thematics part. Then, like, I came back to you yeah. like, is this a is this a haunted house game or is it about exploring? A weird building. And it was like, it's about exploring a weird building. Cool. Well, let's take yeah. out a bunch of these haunted house themes. Um, oh, I love, I think, and I think the reason that there was so much haunted house stuff was at the time that we maybe started this, I think. Mm. I was, for NaNoWriMo last year, I was writing a young adult um, haunted house story. So, like, I think a lot of that, it definitely played into that, like, because it was all just, like, kind of happening at the same time. Yeah, indeed, um, definitely. And so you ended up writing the prose. I ended up writing the mechanics and we sort of collaborated on refining the, um, the, some of the other elements of the text. Uh, but mm. the other aspects of design that the division was perhaps <clears throat> not what I, what, not what others might intuit is that yeah. I, the quote unquote game designer was not the person that did the majority of the layout for the game. Um, I came uh, up with yeah. a lot of the, um, ideas for how game pieces would be laid out and how the printing would be laid out. But the majority of the actual like heavy design lifting of layout was actually done by Ray. And I wanted to ask one, I have two questions related to this and we'll start with how Mm -hmm. um, did you, uh, where did you get your skills at designing um, documents and stuff and where, Mm. Uh, and how had you applied that before uh, doing the game? Um, interesting, yeah. Uh, like what, so why did you have those skills already coming into the project? Um, I basically did um, magazine layout, um, like brochure layout, um, so desktop publishing for about 10 years. Um and, you know, alongside like a bunch of other various different things in this this office role that I had, um, you know, it was one of those things where there was lots of different skills that I learned um, and developed um, and that was, that was one of them. Um, and I was mostly used uh, to working in like InDesign and Photoshop, um, but then, uh, yeah, Canva became a thing. Um, so I was able to use that to, to design um, that you know that part of the game but I definitely use those skills in zine making because I find that there, there was always um you know in laying out magazines there was always it was always quite strict or, or there'd be someone telling me no actually we want it this way that way and that's fine because that was my actual job and I was you know being paid for it but um when it comes to to zines you can do whatever the heck you want and I found that incredibly liberating 
and I enjoyed taking those skills and designing zines in Canva or InDesign or, you know, not even doing that and just like, um, you know, cutting and pasting things and like sort of taking those skills and really kind of messing with it and making them kind of grubby and, you know, DIY. Um, so, yeah, I was able to sort of, I guess, use that and um, make a rule. The, is it, I guess it's, we call it the rules text. Um, that yeah, we more have. or less. In, yeah. the, in the print and play version, it just says archetype version one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to um, make it make it look pretty. And <laughs> it's, it's sort of, a, I guess, something that I don't think about a lot um, and I don't think of it as a skill because it's something that I've done for so long. Um, but, I, you know, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, yeah, actually that is a skill I should write down more often. <laughs> That I have. Yeah, because I've only, <laughs> I, mean, I only recently started doing design and layout on my own projects, like visual design and my own oh. projects, because that has, I've often felt like the tools for that are beyond my reach. Um, yeah. And so it's. And it's so expensive. Yeah, very, very expensive. Um, and like illustration is still beyond me for the most part and things like that, but mm. um, both seeing you talking to Finn and also seeing a lot of the work that other designers are doing with free software and things and free imagery and like just putting, just choosing the right text to go over a stock image can be evocative enough. Um, and so uh, that's like really inspired me. Uh, and so seeing you work on archetype and seeing like you've knocked together the, majority of the design for the archive <laughs> document in like a, about an hour i think <laughs> is that how long it took yeah probably um and uh <laughs> and that really helped motivate me to start doing that sort of stuff as well i guess my next yeah. question is how what did you learn from mm. doing uh making archetype and how do you feel that will flow back into your other Oh, that's interesting. I think, I mean, I definitely learned about, um, you know, like the way that you wrote the rules text, like how uh, games flow and like how, if I, if I were to create one on my own, which I probably wouldn't, uh, who knows, um, YOLO, uh, sort of there, there is that kind of more structured element that players need. And that's something a lot of my work doesn't have. I mess around with things like a lot of stuff that I do is, is by myself and, you know, I'll, I, you know, screw around with words and setting and various different things in both poetry and, and like fiction. So I don't have that kind of like, I think it, it definitely made me more maybe disciplined, uh, some, something like that. Um, and it definitely, gave me faith in working with someone else because I was like oh this could go horribly wrong and it definitely like um working with you made me yeah feel like it's something that we we could collaborate again um on lots of different things and I just definitely think we should and that you know there is that potential for me to you know collaborate with other people not necessarily on games but on various different things and that like and also that I have potential not just to be a poet and like I think when I won like the the award that um you know gave me that kind of like the opportunity to to release a book into the world I was like well that's it like what do I do now 
I'm done. That was my one goal. Where do, where do I go from here? And so I think it's interesting to see like what I can achieve that is not just poetry, but also everything kind of is always going to come back to poetry because it's, you know, it's my love. And you, I love you too, but also poetry. <laughs> uh, wow. Thank you. Um, that's really interesting too, talking about like the way you're diff- the way you had structured your goals ended up you know not limiting but like presenting a roadblock or a stumbling block I suppose Mm. um because I know that for me I have increasing increasingly moved away from um describing myself as a specific kind of artist and just to describing Mm. myself as an artist because I for a while I described myself as a writer Never ended up putting out a book, by the way. Wrote half a book and then got writer's block, then radically changed my opinions on the role of authority, came back to it, was like, I can't finish <laughs> this. I can't finish this cop book about a cop. Oh, um, ew. Yeah, no, I mean, fuck cops, but like. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then becoming a podcaster and then being like, I'm, yeah. I don't want to call myself a podcaster. That feels weird. And then designing games being like, I mean, I am a game designer, but I'm not a game designer. And then now moving into poetry because like being exposed mm. to your work <laughs> has made me like, oh, wow, I can, I can do this. Um, yeah, I can't, I, I can't make music, although I'm very interested in music yeah. production and it, and to be clear, it's not that it is not a psychological barrier or whatever. It's not that I don't believe in myself enough to make music. Just, yeah, you just legit can't. it's just, it's a kind of work that requires the development of skills. I'm not interested in learning, uh, but I like learning about it. And similarly, mm-hmm. um, learning about how you make poetry has made me realize that that is a work I can do and then making poetry. And then I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not a poet or a podcaster or a writer or a game designer. I'm an artist because I'm interested in making art and it's about finding, about finding the right medium. And so I guess, uh, my next question is like, I'm tempted to go for something a little dramatic and be like, if, you were, let's say somebody commissioned you to write Mm. them a game Mm. um, and those were the limitations, you had to write a game. How would you set about uh, finding the form of that project? Mm. What I, yeah. So like, how would you refine that until you found out what that was going to be? I think firstly, I was going to say like back on your other point, I, I find it really interesting, like, yeah, the limitations of, of categories and, like, I, like, I've always called myself a poet, but then I'm also, like, well, am I, like, now I am definitely an artist as well because, I mean, like, I do draw and, like, I took drawing classes in order to make my zines look cooler. I did, like, I just did this circus performance that was both circus and performance and poetry. So it's, like, yeah, I think I think at some point I'm going to probably have like a slight crisis and be like, oh God, what do I write in my bio now? Probably poet, writer, artist, I don't know, who knows, Zinster, that, that tran, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, anyway, uh, if, so, yeah, if someone would have commissioned me a ga- uh, commission a game from me, um, I think, I think I'd do what I always do, which is um, I'd play a lot of games and I'd read a lot of games and I would see 
what other people are putting out there. Um, and then uh, I would probably make something that is a heck ton weirder than what the, the commissioned person was expecting. Um, but I think, I think I would definitely do some, like a lot more research first. Cause like I've played, I've played games I've, you know, but I've never sort of looked at them and gone, how does this work? And how would I, like, what would I have changed if I was writing this game, for example? Um, or like, how would I write one similar, um, or design one similar? Um, so I, yeah, I think I would, I'd just play a lot of games, which seems like a good way to research things. Like when I was like, oh, I want to, cause I'm currently writing a, a YA book. I was like, oh, how, how would I do that? Dunno, let's read a lot of young adult fiction and have a look at it. Um, so yeah, research, then have a crack at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that for myself. I consume in my genre. Um, yes. normally though, I won't read if I'm making a game about, uh, if I'm making a game about, um, I don't know, being a dragon, I won't study a bunch of other games about being a dragon. I will watch media that features dragons and then I'll write a game about being a dragon. And then when I get stuck, I'll go and look for that. And often when I'm writing a game mechanic, I'll try and come up with a mechanic like, oh, I need to write a mechanic about how to, like, about stealing a car. I'll try and write the mechanic first. And then if I'm like, mm, this isn't working, I'll then go and look at what others have done in the space so that I get my raw impression Ooh, first. That's really interesting. And I think, like, I do that with poetry as well. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to write a, a poem that's like a concrete poem or something that's like, which is where they're like, um, the words are, are in the shape of like whatever you're trying to say. So like it's, you know, a poem about a dog and the, the words are in the shape of the dog's face or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, do something similar where I would put down words and like what I thought I might, you know, do and then maybe look at other people's, other people's works. Cause like, I do think that like everything that I, everything that I do and consume and read and live and think will absolutely impact whatever I write. Um, and it's, I don't know, I think that's really, really good, but it depends. Like, so, so long as I'm not being a jerk and like um, copying someone else's stuff, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. It seems fine. Um, it's just how art works. Like art informs art and it's, it's cool. I love it. Yeah, no, that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I had a question and I've completely forgot what it was going to be. Um, uh, was it, um... Uh, so, uh, different question. Um, how uh, do you feel, having worked on this, how do you mm. feel your work is likely to change now? Do you think that there's anything that you will do differently? Um, or, or, def or add? rather add yeah i think i'll i mean i'll definitely be um more i mean like i'm always open to collaborating or like meshing poetry with other art forms um so i mean that but uh, i do have a fascination with houses and the i guess like the structure and like lived experience of of buildings and like the experience of people's like lives within them and stuff so i think I'll definitely probably be exploring that more 
um, and definitely in the book that I'm writing at the moment, probably in, in poetry. And I think, yeah, I'm not sure if anything else will change, but you never know, like, because um, as I said, like art, <laughs> art informs art. Um, I'll probably, I definitely feel like a lot more refreshed when it comes to designing things because I haven't designed something in a little while, um, like in terms of um, layout. So that's something that I'm like, yes, I can, I can actually do this. This confirms this. Uh, let's, you know, don't forget that I have this skill and make sure that I utilize it. Um, you know, however that may be, uh, it is something that, you know, I do want to continue to, like I've been looking at a lot of uh, poetry that also incorporates pictures and uh, that, you know, incorporates like, you know, photography, different uh, other art. So we'll see if that's something that I also, also look at as part of that kind of design element. Um, yeah. Who knows? The world is my oyster, but yes, it will probably uh, impact quite a lot um, I would say and I think it will also make me want to because of the way that we're printing this it will make me want to write more zines which is always excellent um <laughs> yeah because for those that don't know we're doing a format <laughs> for the game we wanted to make it a physical board game because that just kind of is where it ended up being. And we wanted yeah. it to be something that we could actually print ourselves so that we would need a fuckload of capital to get it made. Uh, and mm -hmm. printed using um, techniques that would be familiar to, uh, to zinesters uh, and other mm. of those kinds of things. Um, I guess then it's probably a good opportunity to talk about when the game is launching Mm. what we're doing for the launch so did you want to talk about that a little uh yeah so it will be launching on i'm like what is the actual date i don't know today's October actual 6th. date thanks at the time of this coming out it will have launched yesterday oh, oh interesting uh because it will be yes it will be at the uh, zine fair at National Young Writers Festival uh, in Newcastle and we'll have it on itch which is really exciting because I have never been like I've obviously browsed and purchased from itch but I've never been on itch before I feel very uh, privileged slash famous I don't know <laughs> uh, so, and as uh, in Brisbane, we have a lot of zine fairs and stuff happening. So it's very likely that I'll be selling copies as well um, around uh, Brisbane zine fairs. Um, obviously, that's something, you know, I'll, well, we'll both put up on our social media when that happens. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and if people want to find more about your work, um where can they do that uh well probably my website is the best place to go which will be uh linked in the description i think uh you said and i'm also on i'm look i'm most prevalent on on twitter uh that's where i usually announce things first that's where i uh you know you i share currently all of my outfits on animal crossing um you know all that important stuff uh so that's uh at wings underscore humming and i'm on instagram facebook all that kind of jazz and if you want to buy my 
poetry collection, uh, which is kind of queer, trans, spooky, weird, experimental, sometimes romantic, plant enthusiastic poetry. Um, it uh, is on various different websites and uh, I said Booktopia, uh, you can get it directly from University of Queensland Press's website. They're my publisher. And it's and, called? Oh, Milk Teeth. I was like, oh, I thought I had mentioned that. Yes. Mm, thank you, dear. Thank you for that prompt. Uh, so, yes, Milk Teeth. And I think, and yeah, you should be able to also order it in from pretty much any uh, bookstore. It's in like your local independent bookstore or Dimex, et cetera, all that jazz. It's sold by Penguin Publishing. Uh, University of Queensland Press is like part of uh, United Book Distributors. So if if bookshops are like, oh, we actually don't know how to get that, um, you can contact them or UQP directly and they can help you out with getting some poems. um, And And what if people want to buy your zines? Oh, if they want to buy my zines, I'm on Etsy and Gumroad. And uh, if you, you know, have any issues buying ones or you like saw me at a festival and you really want this scene that you can't see uh, on my Etsy store, just send me a message and I can reprint it for you and send it to you via the mail. Or you can download PDF copies as well, which is predominantly on Gumroad. It has been a pleasure having you on the show uh, in a Thank you. interview capacity. <laughs> mm. Um Again, if you want to buy a copy of Archetype, it is out uh, for print and play on our Itch store. There will be a link down below, or if you're on our main website, you can click on the store button and it'll take you to the storefront uh, for that. Uh, If you want to hear more interviews like this, including uh, interviews with other people in the game design space, not just game uh, writers, but also editors uh, and publishers and things, you can click on the interview uh, tag or category on our website. Uh, And even on our SoundCloud, there is an interviews playlist. Um, I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, And for now, uh, farewell from the past. I'm Ray.